Find all your favorite movies and shows faster with Xfinity. Just speak into the X1 voice remote to search across live TV, on demand, even Netflix and Prime Video. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Here till 7 o'clock, talking area high school basketball. Thank you to Coach John Bodie before the break. Coming on, talking Central Noble, some NECC basketball. And somebody who's seen a lot of NCC, NECC basketball, he's seen a lot of NECC basketball all year long, and high school basketball in general, is our next guest, Mr. Dan Vance, on the line with us. Dan, how are you? Doing good, man. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. I apologize. We usually have you off the top of the show, but you got bumped twice by coaches. So Yeah, I was planning on taking a nap about 6.15, but I had to stay awake. So. <laughs> I know. This is late for you, I'm sure. Keeping you up all hours of the night here at 6.30. Uh, Dan, before we look at the boys' sectionals, let's uh, look back at the girls. Of course, Central Noble losing last Saturday to Oak Hill. So no local teams at the state championship on Saturday. Uh, All-encompassing, what what are kind of some of the themes, maybe some of the things you take out of this girls' basketball season in the area? Well, I think we saw a lot of uh, really good breakout seasons, a lot of different uh, players, players we didn't know were as strong uh, on both sides of the ball, as we expected them to be, uh, have, have really had some good breakouts. And I think that we saw a lot of young players really break out. Every three or four years, we get that, that swing in the girls' side where you get a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores who really have some of the stronger seasons in the area. And it's a good thing because you lose so many talented players. It's also really good to see that you're going to be able to reload and you have a lot of really talented ninth and 10th graders. Yeah, that was very, very talented, particularly in that freshman class in the SAC. Some, some very, very good players. Dan, let's go over to the boys, and we'll 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 kind of break it down by sectional. Uh, but let's start with one A, and and I'll just I'll just put it out there: When does Blackhawk Christian get threatened in this tournament? Sectional, regional, semester? When does it come? I I don't know that they get tested before state level. Honestly, I don't think that the North has teams. Last year, the North only had one team I really think that could give them a hard time, and it was Southwood, and they did beat them. Uh, I don't really see that this year. You know, Gary, 21st century is a little bit improved from last year. Uh, that would be a regional opponent, but uh, Blackhawk handled Gary, 21st century, pretty easily last year in the regional round, too. So I don't know that, short of maybe University or Bar-Reeve uh, as a possible state championship matchup, that there's anyone that can really match up with Blackhawk. Doesn't mean they don't lose along the way, um, upsets happen, but uh, matchup for player for player wise, right now, I don't know that anybody can match up on the North half. Dan, looking at two A, we we we've talked a lot about uh, sectionals that are very top heavy. You look at like sectional five, but you look at the East Side sectional in two A, where the best record in there, Adam Central at twelve and ten. Everybody else is under five hundred. So when you look at a bracket like that, who do you say? has the edge out of, you know, teams like Adam Central, Busco, uh, Eastside, maybe even Canterbury. Yeah, you know, it's it's just like on the girls' side. This is the sectional that is very wide open. I like Adam Central for two reasons. One, I don't know that anybody in this entire area can outshoot Kevin Brown when he is on his game. Uh, just became the, the program's all-time leading scorer last week. Uh, and, and then you have, you know, some size and size that not a lot of teams in this sectional have. I like Adam Central for that reason. I really like Cheryl Busco. I mean, they don't have the record that screams uh, a great team, but they have some really good wins this year and are capable of some really good things. Uh, Brayton Bonner has been great inside for them all year. We know what Jackson Paul can do. Uh, and, and they've got the pieces 
their problem is they don't have a lot of depth, and that kind of gets in your way sometimes when you get into a situation like this where you have to win three games in a week if you're them. But it's a pretty wide-open sectional. Dan, at Westview, we have the Warriors that are a clear favorite. Uh, Prairie Heights is the team to watch. They played Westview twice. They lost to them twice, but gave them competitive games, especially that second time around was a four-point win for Westview. So can anybody in this sectional give the Warriors a challenge? I don't think that you're going to see anybody beat them challenge-wise. I think that uh, pretty much everybody in this sectional could give them a challenge uh, in the way that they all represent uh, some issues. Uh, Central Noble, if they get hot, is a very good team. Uh, Connor C.G. and the freshman is going to end this season as Noble County's all-time best scoring freshman. Uh, you know, so the likes of a Sydney Freeman or a Hayden Jones recently, as good a freshman years as they had, uh, Connor C.G. is going to pass them. And they have a lot of levels in scoring as long as they're hitting. And I know Coach Bodie probably just talked a little bit about that. So they can prevent some or present some issues with Westview. Uh, so can Whitco uh, in a semifinal matchup. Spencer Shroff is capable of uh, big double-doubles. We're talking 30-point, 15-20 to 20 rebound a night games. Uh, so there's going to be some challenges Westview is going to face in some close games. I think they're going to play close probably every night in this. But as far as actually beating them, actually being able to finish off Westview, I think that's going to be tough. He is Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net joining us here on the OPS High School Coaches Show. Let's look at 3A. Let's look at Belmont. And I look at Marion at 14-6 and six with the bye. And I'm wondering, can anybody in this sectional slow down that Marion offense? I don't know that anybody can, but I think that we're going to get a chance to see some teams try to do it. Uh, that Friday night uh, game likely against Norwell uh, will be interesting to see how Marion can handle a Will Geiger. Uh, does, does Norwell have the guys to handle Jalen Blackman? Maybe not. But, you know, you get into a, a score fest here, and what can Geiger do against a uh, uh, lesser interior for Marion uh, and what Marion can do on the wing against a lesser uh, defensive unit out there guarding the perimeter for Norwell. Uh, and, and Belmont and Heritage can provide interesting matchup problems. I think the interesting part here for Marion is we know if this, this sectional was at Marion, Marion would be a heavy favorite. How does Marion travel, and what does that look like at Belmont? I think will be the interest, uh, how they can win on the road and on a significantly different environment at Belmont. Dan, another 3A sectional of note in the area at Garrett. And I think one of the the games probably being overlooked on Tuesday night at 6 o'clock, Concordia and Angola. That was a three-point win for Angola earlier this year. Concordia was the darling of the SAC earlier in the year, kind of fell off. But 11-10 and 10 right now, Angola with 16 wins. Who wins this one? And whoever wins that game, do they have the uh, – the edge in winning a sectional title? I think they do. I think that, uh, that Angola would be my favorite right now just because what they're able to do on ball defensively, the tenacity they bring, they force teams into turnovers. Blake Pocock has been great as an on-ball defender uh, for them this year uh, after transferring from Carroll. And that's where Concordia has really struggled. Those teams with really elite on-ball defenders, uh, we saw it a couple times against Snyder, uh, where they can play a close game, but Jay Sean Underwood was just too good defending on ball. Uh, John Barnes was too good defending on ball. And so if you get into a close game in a shootout, and that's kind of what happened the first time they played Angola, uh, it comes down to Angola's defense. And I think that Angola's defense, as much as we love to talk about offense in the area, trumps what a lot of teams in this sectional can do offensively. A couple of seven-team sectionals in 4A at DeKalb and Wayne. Let's start with DeKalb. I think there's any of five teams in this one that if they were – uh, presented with a trophy on Saturday night, you wouldn't really be surprised. 
But in terms of matchups, we, we get Northrop and Carroll right out of the gate on Tuesday, Snyder and DeWanger on Wednesday. What's it going to take for a team to win three games next week at DeKalb, and who do you kind of favorite right now? Well, I think I kind of favor East Noble because when you look at those five quality teams, um, they're going to have to play two of them. Now, granted, the winner of Carroll Northrop will too, but Carroll Northrop have to play early in the week. So a war of attrition before you get to DeKalb at DeKalb, even though both of those teams are better than DeKalb, uh, you have to beat each other up earlier in the week just to get to DeKalb on Friday on their home court. Always a tough place to play, no matter how good or bad DeKalb is uh, against the DeKalb team. And East Noble has an easier matchup early in the week um, before they have to really get into war Friday and Saturday. So I kind of favor them right now. Uh, that They don't really have to start their, uh, their tournament until Friday, whereas all these other guys have to come out uh, – early on and, and, and do battle because Carroll and Northrop and Snyder, Bishop, Dwinger are going to be heavily contested games. Another annoying first-round matchup is at Wayne with Homestead and Huntington North, probably the two teams you'd want to see meet on a Saturday night. Instead, we get it on a Tuesday. Uh, they've gone back and forth. It seems like they play twice every year, once to begin <laughs> the season, once in sectionals. Uh, Homestead was able to beat the Huntington North earlier in the year convincingly, kind of caught us off guard. But uh, what do you expect in that game? What do you expect in this sectional? Well, I think that Homestead's definitely the team to beat. The tough part for uh, Huntington North is that if you're going to beat them, it's going to be early in the year, and that's always the case for Chris Johnson teams, I think. Uh, but this is a team that we didn't think we're going to sit at 20-2 and two right now. If, if we're all being honest with ourselves, as good as Homestead is every year, as well as Chris Johnson does reloading every year, nobody expected this team this year to be 20-2. and two. Um, and they beat Homestead, or sorry, beat Huntington North right out of the gate. So how much better Homestead is now than then uh, is, is astounding. So I think it's going to be a tough draw for Huntington North, and really a tough top of that bracket. If you were seeding this, those teams up top, Homestead and Huntington North, the winner of that playing Southside, and Southside's good wins lately, including over Huntington North, are probably your top three teams in this entire sectional. Yeah, I was going to bring up Southside next because they get to watch the first couple days. They get to buy into Friday. You mentioned that win over Huntington North in overtime a couple weeks ago. They played Homestead tough on the road in early January, a game that I saw. Uh, So could Southside or maybe even a Wayne be a sneaky team in this sectional? Um, Wayne will be interesting. Obviously, I think that they they can get to the final fairly easy. Um, Buncee Central could be an interesting Friday matchup. But, yeah, Southside is a team that can play spoiler right now. We look at their record, and even if you look at their true record with those games, they uh, eventually will have to forfeit to start the season for use of an ineligible player, and it doesn't look great, but they've tested Northrop. They have a win over Huntington North. They have a win over Snyder. They just tested Blackhawk Christian earlier this week. This is a really good Southside team uh, playing good basketball, and they're one of those teams that when you get through these tournaments, and I've always said it and I've said it to you before, you have to have three guys that can be legit scorers for you, um, and they have that in a, in a one-week tournament. J.T. Langston, Cameron Mitchell, and Austin Jordan are three guys that can score uh, a lot of points in a hurry. And so when you have that three-tiered scorer, and especially over the south side where you have an interior presence, a great shooter in Mitchell, and a slasher in your point guard in Austin Jordan, they're a tough matchup for everybody. And a relatively young team to boot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about almost this entire team back next year, uh, including you have a, a freshman in Ashton Johnson who is just going to keep getting better, uh, you know, has has played very strong this year in some tough situations 
has drawn some tough defensive matchups, and he's just a freshman, so he'll just keep getting better. Dan, always a pleasure. The great insight, as always. What's new at OutsideTheHuddle.net before we let you go? Well, we got bouncing out today with his uh, his own little postseason awards for girls basketball, kind of wrapping things up. Uh, we'll actually have our official all-area team and player of the year next Friday, March 1st. And then coming this weekend, starting Saturday, running Sunday and Monday, uh, we'll break down all of these sectionals team by team, uh, talk about who's kind of contenders and who's just kind of there to play along. Dan, always a pleasure. We will talk to you next week. All right, thanks, man. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there were over one million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Did someone say brunch? Leave the egg hunting to the kids. We'll have even more fun hunting for your brilliant brunch, Riesling. Ham's sweet and salty richness pairs perfectly with sweeter wines with bold fruit. How about a juicy Pinot Noir? Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this spring at Total Wine & More. Cheers! Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.